And so the last several weeks, we've been in a message series called See the Light. And again, that was like, see the light, like we're coming out of this um, COVID, this coronavirus. Unfortunately, like it's slowly going to hit Kodiak, like rural areas are now being impacted. So be in prayer for, for all the rural areas in our country. Be in prayer for Kodiak Island. God has protected us, and my prayer is that he continue to do so. Um, and that it, hopefully we can see that as we, maybe we should be on our knees praying for the rest of our country, that they continue to come out. Um, I had no idea, obviously, the, the um, protesting and the rioting and, and um, the, the attack on law enforcement and the, the counterattack on, on minorities. Like, I had no idea that that was going to happen in our country, right? We're in a message called See the Light. And it is, it is a reminder that we should always be in prayer. That, and, and I've heard it and I'll say it, I'll repeat it from other pastors and leaders in the country. None of us are, are going to change for the better until we realize that there's only one, one thing that can change us. It's a walk in relationship with Jesus Christ. Like it really is it. I mean, that's the whole, we kind of get this trial run at life. We get one shot on this planet to do life and make a choice. Am I going to follow him or am I going to do my own thing? I'm convinced in scripture when Jesus came back, like he came back to say, hey, I know you want to do your own thing, but like, trust me, like I promise you, like it's, it's way better of an adventure if you follow me and just trust me each step. So see the light, we'll continue this. I think this may be our last week in this series, and we'll kick off a fun series. I'll announce it this next week. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to be a light. Like, we're not just called just to know more about him and know more scripture and, and, and just pray more. Like those are awesome, important things and we absolutely should be doing them. But I believe that Jesus has said, but I want, it's like your turn, it's our turn to be the light, to be the love in our community, right? To be the hands and feet, to be that answer that people are crying out for right now. Like why so much darkness and hurt in the world? Like where's God in all of this? And I think we are plan A with Jesus Christ. Like we are able to show the love of Christ in this darkness. Amen? Everyone is made for this light. Every one of us, even those who don't believe, are actually made for this light. Whether they believe or not, whether we believe or not, does not, does not like, it doesn't mean that we weren't made for it to begin with. I've even heard some pastors teach on the, the, the sound that our very breath makes is actually the name of Yahweh. The, the very sound, that if they put it through a recording that we make, we're actually breathing the name of Jesus. And like, I don't know if that's true. I've heard it, I read it. I'm like, I don't know. It's one of those things I'll ask God when I get there. But it would make sense though, because he breathed life into us. James 1 and 2 has been our main scripture, so I'm going to read it. 1, 2, 3, 8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking anything. John 1, 4 and 5 says, In him was life. He's talking about Jesus. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In this last one, John 1, 12. This is just a review of where we've been the last four weeks. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Having stood that test, that person will receive the crown of life. And the Lord has promised to those who love him. He's promised to those of us who make it through. So who, 
who's been in the trial the last 90 days? Like, just raise your hand. A personal trial, like family trial, marriage trial. I mean, I think mine's been longer than 90 days. I think mine's been 45 years, right? Like, who feels like that? Like, literally, wave after wave after wave, they keep coming. And I think that's because, I, and Christ tried to come and tell us, like, the waves are going to come. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that the waves aren't going to come. It's the waves are coming. The question is, are we, we going to be able to stand in it and say, I trust you, I get it. Like, you're trying to build my character. You're trying to show me that I need, that I need Christ. I'm not strong enough to withstand these waves on my own. Hopefully you're there. Like, hopefully you're there. Like, none of us are strong enough on our own to make it through each of these waves. So in Psalm 91, that's what we're going to be today. Um, there's sermon notes in the back. I apologize if we didn't hand those out. We're trying to figure out this whole COVID thing where we touch as little as possible. So there are sermon notes in the back. You can pick those up as you come in. Um, but I'll, I'll be reading scripture too. So Psalm 91, today is about dwelling in the light as we wrap up this message. So Psalm 91 is also known as the um, 911 call for God. So Psalm 91 is, is the one I go to, and I'm like, okay, I just need to hear you. I'm right in the middle of a storm. I'm right in the middle of this trial. I just need to hear your voice loud and clear. So I'm going to read it for us. It's our dwelling place. It's our home. It's our refuge. It's our everything. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about God being a refuge for us. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers. Under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys all. At midday, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, and I believe he's talking about the last days, if you say, Lord, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, he's talking about us that claim to be followers of Christ. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Those of you that love to talk about angels or ask about that, is that real? That's a whole other sermon, but I, but I love this part. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. There's a lot of symbolism in there, but again, I believe it's, it's referring back to the last days to Satan. Because he says the Lord, I will rescue him. He says the Lord, this is the Lord speaking this, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let me read this again, and I'm, you put your name in, in this part. Everywhere where it says him, just put your name in there. I'm going to read it slowly. 
Because this is what the Lord says. I will rescue you. I will protect you. For when you acknowledge my name, you will call on me and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble and I will deliver you and honor you with the long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. I think this is a letter to all of us. This is especially when, you, when you're in a time where you want to reach out and, and, and dial 911, that spiritual 911. Like it's actually been a dream of mine and it came true over, over this last pandemic. I wish we could have like a 711, you know, where people could call in and just say, I just need somebody to talk to. Or even better, I just, can, could someone pray for me? Like that dream came true. It's like been in my journal every 10, you know, who writes 10-year goals in their journal? Like every now and then I, I go through and I write my 10-year goals. The things I'd love to see God do. The things I want to do in my own life. Like I want to become a pilot one day. Like maybe after the kids finish college. I'll get to do like the two-week thing in Palmer. And, and uh, that's super safe, right? You get your pilot's license in two weeks. Yeah. So who wants to go, you know? And uh, um, anyway, after the kids finish college, that's what I want to do. But the, one of my 10-year goals has been, God, I would love to establish some sort of 711 system where people get to call in and ask for help and talk and ask for prayer. And that actually kind of happened here in Kodiak. I'm, I'm like, my mind was blown when the city called and said, could you help us build this system? And I'm like, I had to like almost drop the phone and wanted to like tell everybody in my house what's happening. But of course, they, they wouldn't understand why I was so excited. <laughs> but it was awesome. When we acknowledge, and this is a blank in your sermon notes if you haven't, when we acknowledge his name, we will dwell in the light. Like we, we talked about last week, like Jesus' name actually means God rescues. That's translated Yahweh means God, God has sent his son to rescue. That's, his, that's what his name means. When we dwell in his name, we dwell in the light and you know, we sing those songs like there's power in the name of Jesus. Like that, his name is actually spoken, the God of the universe. There's no power that can overtake that name. Like I believe that with all my heart. When we acknowledge his name, we dwell in the light. Back to, back to Psalm 91.1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Think of a desert. Think about how hot the desert is back then when they were out in the middle of the desert. There's no water anywhere. What's the, what's the best thing you can find in the desert besides water and food? Like shade, like some shelter, like get out, of the, get out of the solar, the UV rays. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is the refuge in my fortress, my God in whom I will trust so we're in the middle of the desert when we're in the middle of the scorching hot sun, but there's the shade for us. Like I looked up, like what's the temperature of Desert Valley, like California? And it said like to date, the, the hottest day in Desert Valley, July 10th, 1913. On that day, it reached 134 degrees Fahrenheit, like, like hot. I say that's just a regular day in Texas, you know. That's why we all lived around water and lakes or the ocean. Like it's hot. Same thing with Atlanta. Like they call it hot Atlanta. Uh, but, but Desert Valley, have you, who's ever driven through Desert Valley and watched those poor people like blow out tires? Who's ever blown out tire in Desert Valley? Like tires are everywhere. I mean, uh, 
It's incredible. They should start a recycling plant there. 134 degrees. In the shade, it's, it's 10 or 15 degrees cooler in the shade. And it doesn't seem like a whole lot, right? Like just 10 or 15 degrees cooler, but I would willing to bet that 10 or 15 degrees could be life-saving at the right moment, at the right time. Scripture's saying we have a God that, that does provide shade for us, that does provide protection, even in the midst of a storm, even in the midst of, of something that is almost unbearable. The difference of life and death often sometimes can be 10 to 15 degrees. Jesus, again, came for us. Yahweh, God rescues so Jeremiah 33.3, speaking of like 911s, like our calls to God, Jeremiah 33.3 is actually known as God's phone number. So if anyone says, do you have God's phone number? Say, yeah, it's Jeremiah 33.3. It's kind of a, a silly joke, cheesy, forgive me. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you a great and hidden things that you do not know. He says, seek me, and you will find me. Seek me with all of your heart, and you will find me. Like, I, I actually met with a young man in the, in the jail cell just two weeks ago. And he says, Larry, I don't see God. Like, I, I've searched for him, and I just, I don't see him. And I'm just, I'm like, and I know, like, I know, and I believe this all in my heart. There's a time in our life where God will get our attention, and he shows us there's a fork in the road. And sometimes it's on the mountaintops. Sometimes it's, with, it's when we are in the valley. And he says, hey, just take a step towards me. Let me show you how real I am. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you a great and hidden things that you have not known. Like I'm a, if you, t who's taking the Strengths Finder, right? Like I think it's Strengths Finder 2.0. It's fantastic. Like, so if, I think one of my top strengths in there is called Learner. So I'm all about learning something new. Like I love college. You know, I'm going to get through my master's, and then Myra will probably ask me never to go again, but I'm, I'm going to want to go back eventually. So probably when I'm like 70, I'm going to go get my Ph.D. because I love it. Like, I love it. I absolutely love learning. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you a great many, many things that you did not know. If we dwell in the light, and we dwell in God's Word and in Christ, He will speak to us truth. And he will speak to us truth that's actually, that's very practical for our own lives, like right now, like today. And when we ask him, and I'll say this especially, and I don't know why, maybe it's because it's hard for God to get my attention. I'll just, I'll get on my knees in front of my desk. I'll get on my knees beside my bed. Like, I'll get on my knees. Like, even this morning, I had to go clear my head in the office between the breakfast this morning and now and, and just clear my head and say, God, I just, I want to hear from you. I want to hear truth from you and I want to know what your plan is. I want to know what our next step is. If we dwell in the light in God's word and in Christ, we will find rest, protection, and refuge. Like if you, if you, even as a pastor, he is me standing up here. I can promise you I'm a very imperfect person. Ask, ask Steve Paulson, our moderator here. He's having to keep me in line like weekly. Like, Larry, calm down. Be patient. Like, <laughs> just be patient. Like, I, I believe big things for God. Like, I believe he can move. I believe he wants to use every single person in this room. 
I believe he wants us to plant 10 churches over the next 20 years all over America. And I believe he's going to send us the right people who are ready, who want to say, here I am, use me. But I have to be what? I have to be patient. I have to go, God, and this is what was apparent in my story that I shared this morning with some of the guys. God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to not try to do this my way. I'm going to do it your way. And even if the waves keep coming in between now and then, like I'm going to trust that there's a plan and that you're working all of it out. God is with us in times of victory, but also even in times of trouble. I don't know, there was one time, and I think I shared it with some of you, there was a time I sat in my car. And this is a part of my story that I get hung up, um, and I'll try not to do it this morning, but when our son was diagnosed with leukemia, uh, it was 18 years ago now, he would be graduating and going to college. And he was diagnosed and we lost him in 11 days. And so I'm sitting in my car, and it's, it's within a year of that happening. And as you can imagine, as a parent going through grief, who loves their kids, who just, who wants to see God, who wants to hear him, who wants to know why, you know, um, I was praying for mountains to move. I'm like, God, you said that you can move mountains, and I, I want to see it. Like, I want to see it. I want you to make yourself real. I want you to make yourself obvious, because the, sometimes the waves that we go through, the waves on this earth are a little too much for us to bear on our own. And I think that's all he was trying to say is, is, Larry, I just want you to trust me. I want you to know that no matter what happens, that I am, I am protecting you and with you. We are going to a place. And it is good. God is with us even in times of trouble. Here's what's fun. And I don't know where you stand on the whole angel and spiritual world and all that stuff, but let's dig into it for a second. He even sends angels to protect us. Who's ever heard their family or member say, I had an angel protect me or watching over me, right? My own sister has this crazy story, and I do not believe her, about some angel, <laughs> about some angel protecting her at the gas pump one night. Like she said, three dudes were kind of pretty shady, and it was like super late. She had no business. It's like one o'clock in the morning, and she's, I think she's a senior in college. And um, she's filling her gas pump. She's filling her car up, and these three dudes are like, literally walking to her car and there's no, there's nothing out there there's no reason why they'd be coming over and and it's fine they may have been trying to flirt with her or something who knows like who knows right you don't want to assume all bad um but she said the, and she was she was a little scared she said these three dudes stopped in their tracks and their eyes got big and then they just turned around and kind of walked fast like back to the car and drove off and she's looking around and she turns around her and she says there's a light like some sort of something and she swears it was an angel. And we're like, whatever. We don't believe you. <laughs> but that's, that's just one of those things. But she swears, she swears she was protected that night. I, I kind of believe her. But it's one of those things you can't, it, it, it's so very personal to that person when it happens. But let me read and then I'll share one with you. You don't have to believe it. Psalm 91, 9 through 13 says, If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands. God is at work all around us in our homes, on the streets, right here in our own city, in our nation, in our world. Like, like 
And sorry, like if this is a little bit too much for where you are, there's a spiritual battle happening. Like there's a very real spiritual battle. It's like if you believe in the law of physics, if you believe, you know, the law of, of this physical earth, the way our planet hangs in mid-space around our, around our solar system, like he's, Christ came and he's trying to tell us there's, spirit, there's a spiritual world also. Like there's a spiritual laws and spiritual battle. The scripture points us to that and is trying to guide us through how we deal in the spiritual world. Here it gives us a very real sense of there are angels at his command guarding us. Hebrews 13, 12, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Like, and I saw it, and this is one of those where I'm like, Larry, you don't need to share that story. Like, you don't need to share that story. That's a little too crazy. Kind of like my sisters. Like, I don't believe you, so you don't have to believe me, but let me share. Downtown, speaking of 134 degrees, I'm in downtown Houston. I'm going in to pay a, a speeding ticket because I sped quite a bit in Houston. We all think we're NASCAR drivers in Houston, right? If you're not doing 120, you're not, you're not, you're not driving. And so that's why the freeways go from like Dallas to, to Houston. You can get there in like 30 minutes if you want. Um, so I'm driving like, a, like, anyway, a lot, fast, a lot. So I'm, paid, I'm paying my speeding ticket downtown and I'm driving out and it's, it's 104 degrees. Like it is, you can see mirages all over the roads. Um, and there's this couple walking on the side of the road, and I'm, I'm heading back to work. There's a couple, and she's like eight months or nine months pregnant. She looked like she's 12 months pregnant. She's, she's, she's like ready to have a baby. And they're pouring sweat, and she's with her young um, husband, I'm assuming, and they're just walking down the streets of Houston all by themselves. There's nobody else on this road, by the way. So I, I've, everything in me, it's one of those, I don't know if you've ever had this confirmation, but everything in me is that you get to pull over and, and see if they need help. It happens every now and then. So I did, I pull over. I said, hey, you guys need a ride somewhere or can I, can I take you somewhere? And um, they said, sure. And they jumped in. And so we drove, you know, 20 blocks or whatever, quite a distance in Houston, especially if you're, if you're nine months pregnant or eight months um, we talked a little bit. They're super friendly, just normal. And uh, so we get to the spot where we're dropping them off, drop them off, huge parking lot, nobody else around, no other cars. And, um, and something in me says, hey, give them whatever's in your wallet. And I normally carry, you know, 20, 40 bucks in my wallet. And I, I normally don't tell when I, when I give, but this makes sense when to tell you in a second. So I reach and grab the 40 bucks in my wallet and went to hand it to them as the door shut. And then, then there was no one there literally no one around and it was like whew, like are you, did I just have an insane moment <laughs> like am I is that 104 degrees like cooking my brain like literally no one's around and I I looked in the parking lot I like I looked behind me I looked I looked all around going where in the world could that couple have gone and and so God, I'm getting emotional I'm telling you it, it was real and you don't have to believe me. I'm, scripture doesn't say we have to believe each other, by the way. It just says, it says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. The reason why I tell you that story is, I believe 
we will be tested time and time again. Are we ready to show the light? Are we ready to show the light, especially when it's dark? Are we ready to show the light in the good times when we're on top of the mountains? Are we ready to show the light even, even when we're in the valley? And I'm convinced of this. Even Paul says this. People can see Christ through us even in our brokenness. Like even then. So it's like all we need to do is say, hey, um, I mean, I'm imperfect, but I love Christ and God, like the, like the young man in the prison cell just a couple, couple weeks ago, like make yourself real to him. Like you've done for me so many times. Like, and it's okay. Like, it's okay for, for us as men and women of God to say, God, I, I'm not asking for miracles. I'm not asking for you to be flashy like some of the, some of the you know, Pharisees and people have prayed for in the past. I'm not asking you to prove that you're real because of my pride or whatever. But like confirm, let me let me see you. And then here here's what's even better prayer. And I'm getting to the finish line. I'll ask the um, worship team to come up. Is maybe maybe say, God, give me give me a, a moment, give me a test where I can actually be the light to someone who needs it today. So here's my prayer and write it down, or memorize it, or whatever, but it's the best prayer that I could pray, and I, I want to give it to you. God, please use me today. Please use me today. Um, for those of you that attended the, the march to support and, and love on our, our um, family and community of, of black or African Americans, like, I saw God use Terry Johnson to speak boldly to say that she loved God and she loved everyone. Like I saw Pastor, God use Pastor Roni to speak boldly and say that he, he grew up in a very tough environment, but that he chose to forgive and love everyone. Like I think right now, regardless of where we fall in the political spectrum, right, I think if we raised our hands, we'd be 50-50, which I think is healthy for a church. It's that we can be a light regardless of what's happening around us, right? Like Scripture says, you know, be in the world, not what? Not of it. So we have to be careful not to lose ourselves. Like here, going back to what we're talking about today, and I'll finish, we'll call the worship team up, Craig and Heather, and we'll have offering time before we finish our, second, our, our last song. But dwell in the light Here's what we're talking about today. Dwell in the name of Jesus. Like if He is the rescuer and He was sent for us, guess who we are? If He lives inside of us, a part of the plan A, there is no plan B. A part of the plan A is God sent Christ for us. Now that He's in heaven, His Spirit lives within us. So we are. We are a part of that light that rescuing light, sharing and living and walking in the name of Jesus. Let me read this last scripture. And I hope you know this is true for you today. And you might be in a season of mountaintop and having fun and enjoying life. And, and if you are, this message is probably hitting you a little different today. 
But if you're in a season of valley and you're asking for help or you know friends that need help, like maybe, maybe it's, it's a good reminder that we should share that light, that we should be available for one another and pray for one another. So think about this. Because he says the Lord, and I'm in Psalm 91, 14. Because he says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy and show my salvation. Join me in prayer as we wrap up. Father, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that no matter what hits us, success, defeat, Father, I thank you that you are constantly there to lift us up and tell us that you love us and that you want to take care of us. Father, I thank you for your promises. I thank you for what you're doing right here in our church and our city. Father, I thank you that you're giving us unique opportunities to be the light. I thank you that you you are sending your angels in the spiritual realm to protect us, to be with us, to constantly remind us that you're with us. Father, I thank you for the men and women in this room that are hearing your word. I pray that, that you confirm and reiterate to them, to each of us this week, what you'd have for us. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.